Welcome to Spark the Podcast. We are a group of Christian creatives seeking to connect with God and grow in our faith. We believe in the power of testimony and the blessings that come with being in community with others. Let's be honest, we just can't do it alone. We want to invite you to be a part of it, whether your coffee is running low or you're on the go. Come join the conversation. Hi, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Spark the Podcast. We're so excited you're here. I am Amy, here with our other host, Jenna Schottmeyer. Hi. And today we are joined by her mom, Darlene Schottmeyer, and we are so excited to have you here, Darlene. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. We're excited to talk to you today. And if you guys don't know, Darlene is a graduate of Hope College in Holland, Michigan, where she got her BA in communications. She is a lifelong resident of New Jersey and has worked tirelessly raising support and reaching fundraising goals for many Republican candidates throughout the state. She is a member of the Women's National Republican Club, Saddle River Chapter of DAR, Women for a Stronger New Jersey, Bergen County Republican Organization, Bergen County Women's Republican Club, and the Franklin Lakes Republican Club. Wow, that's amazing. That's a lot of clubs. (laughs) And Darlene was actually elected as Bergen County State Committee woman in 2013 and became the vice chairwoman of the New Jersey GOP in 2021. For seven years, she has been the executive vice president of operations for Jay Schottmeyer. She volunteers in many women's and children's ministries in her community. She and her husband, Chuck, have three children and live in Franklin Lakes, New Jersey. Welcome, Darlene. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. So I am just especially excited today to have my mom here. She is absolutely my best friend, biggest role model, greatest person on the face of the planet. So it's just so happy (laughs) to be here. I especially want to have my mom on the podcast today because almost any time anyone either reads my book or hears what happened to our family and our story, I feel like I always get the question, your like how did your mom get through this or just people just like exclaiming your poor mother and like (laughs) all this stuff and um so I just am really excited to give you know my mom the space to kind of answer some of those questions so if you guys are unfamiliar with me and my story and my book are you drowning Um, my story kind of starts, well, way back in the day we were, uh, you know, 1995, if you want to go back that far, but, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) but we won't, don't worry. Um, (laughs) so yeah, I was born and raised in a Christian home and the Lord was definitely the center of my life and our family. And then when I was 18, um, I had my life completely planned out. I was going to be an accountant. You know, I had my five-year plan ready, everything fully set. I was a freshman in college. I was a student athlete. I had made the tennis team, so forth and so on. And I had a traumatic brain injury. I was at a college party and someone dropped a water cooler, presumably from the balcony, and it hit me on the head. And this traumatic brain injury, um, you know, I had a concussion and two contusions And at that point, I'm the middle child of my mom. I have an older brother and a younger sister. And her 18-year-old came back home. You know, I was, like I said, student athlete. And then I was home. I couldn't read. I couldn't drive. My, the few years of my high school memory was wiped. 
and I really had struggled with my working memory at that point. You know, I would get halfway through a sentence. I wouldn't know who I was talking to, what we were talking about. You know, it would just completely be gone. And it's just incredibly remarkable because my mom became my full-time caretaker and she just slipped into that role. And we, you know, our lives became doctors and our lives became um, just kind of this (laughs) dramatic saga of, you know, doctors telling us I would never be able to get a full-time job. And, you know, my life as I knew it was over. Um, While I was home for about a year and a half or two years, my brother actually had a bout of cancer. He was in college. He had to come home. And then, you know, my little sister, she's the best. And she, you know, had problems that middle schoolers have. And so that was, that was not easy for her either. Um, You know, just as, you know, normal middle school goes, but it was definitely a very, very difficult time for our family. And so today we're going to unpack this a little bit of being a mom and, you know, her children going through this. You know, I know for me, I always share how it was the firm foundation that was built over years of getting to know God and submitting to him. That is the reason why I'm still here and why I was able to go through what I went through. And so, mom, you were a huge part of that foundation in my life. But for your own life and your own walk, can you walk us through a little bit of that foundation that prepared you to be able to walk through what our family went through? Um, okay. Well, I guess <laughs> it all started with, um, for, since I know we have a lot of moms listening in, um, when I was pregnant with Jacob is my oldest. I was, uh, had extreme morning sickness, like extreme. I would throw up everywhere we went, no matter what he ate, no matter what I did, um, all the way through pregnancy, through labor and delivery. So um, during that time, I just kind of stuck it out because there was nothing physically wrong with me besides I was sick, but it wasn't anything wrong with the pregnancy. So I was always so thankful and grateful. And I just kind of, you know, stuck it out through all of that. And um, that when I had Jacob, I don't know, my entire life just changed. He was my Mm -hmm. little pal and I just loved him. That's mattered more to me. And I think it probably from my upbringing that, you know, people are more important than things. And so um, he, my family, my children, people in general are just more important than what's going on. And so um, we kind of claimed a life verse, what profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul. And um, I just, I don't know, I just held on to these little babies and said, okay, well, I'm just going to do, give a hundred percent to the Lord because at the end of the day, it's not going to be on my watch, something that I, you know, did, I'm just going to do whatever God wants me to do. And so you did, I fail at times, of course, you know, was I perfect? Absolutely not. But I will say that uh, Chuck and I both together, um, our compass and our whole desire was to just raise these kids for the Lord. So, um, and through that started the whole journey. (laughs) Yeah. And I know that that came at a little bit of a cost sometimes, you know, like, I don't think it's, I don't think it was easy. And, um, you know, I also know that, you know, you talked about too, um, even as we grew up and all the different Bible studies and prayer groups and things that you were a part of that, you know, during times that seemed difficult, like life never seems like easy peasy, but, um, yeah, talk to us about, about that a little bit. 
Um, yeah. So church was a big part of my upbringing and was a big part of the kids upbringing as well. And, um, when I was, they were in high school, I think I was in, I always went to Bible study on Tuesday mornings. Um, that was a big part of my life that I did want to share that the woman that taught the Bible study when I was, was a young mom, um, passed away not too long ago. And Mm -hmm. so I went to her funeral and when I was online, it was unbelievable how many women kept coming to her funeral that I hadn't seen in so long who now had their own ministries, but they Mm -hmm. had come to know the Lord and were under her kind of, you know, uh, shepherding when we were all young moms. And it was really, really neat to see. And I thought, you know what though, when I was that young mom and I was sticking those kids in the, you know, in the car seats and trying to get out the door and get there. And and it just felt like, Oh, why am I even bothering? Um, I saw now like the fruits of that because it didn't seem like it was any big deal, but it really is. It is. And it is, it matters. The, the friend that you bring with you along the way and the, you know, the, the VBS when the, you know kids are screaming and it's nuts and you're like, and why are we doing this? But it really is all the little seeds and pieces that really pour into, you know, what God has for you to do. But I think at the time it doesn't seem like it's a big deal, but when you look back over it, it really is. So all the little, little times and things just, just really mattered. And for me personally, um, I know now that when I am in a group and I see young moms and things, I think, wow, they saw me as a young mom and said, oh, wow, you know, can I pray with you? Can I pray for you? And, and some of the things that, that they taught me and some spiritual warfare and uh, deliverance and things uh, really impacted my life that then I really needed to call on later on when things got really bad. Hmm. I can definitely relate to that. You know, I'm just coming out of a season where my kids were in car seats and, you know, it, it was hard to get anywhere. My daughter, Audrey, is now seven and my son is five. And I know as a mom that it can really hurt when your kids are hurting. How did you find purpose in the days that were filled with so much pain when Jenna did come home um, after the accident um, or, or when you were just experiencing some of these challenges as you were raising your kids? Well, I think when Jenna came home, it was just like, it was kind of shocking. So um, she called, she couldn't complete her sentences. I knew like, you know, something was up and, uh, she came home and she desperately wanted to go back. Um, she came home again. And then I would know that things weren't right because I would know the real story or I would know the person. You know what I mean? But with, you mean that I outwardly, remember? Yes. So outwardly, or I would just know, I was, I was there when the story happened. So when you were retelling it, I would know pieces were missing or you mm-hmm. didn't know it. I would see ways that you were compensating, but I knew the real story. Mm-hmm. And so that was really scary. But we were at the food town one time. And she comes up and she's like, oh, I just saw, uh, and she said this boy's name. And she's like, I, I don't, I mean, I kind of know who he is. I, I don't, did I know him? And this happened to be like one of her best friends in her friend group. So I was like, oh, yeah, kind of, you know, yeah, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. It really wasn't someone we needed to re-engage in a friendship. So it was okay. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it yeah. was okay. But so things like that. So that was, that was really hard because mm-hmm. um, I, I saw like what it was. So what did I do? Um, part of it, it just became a job. So 2015 was one of the hardest years ever because uh, Jenna was home and she was, had been in, into it. We had started to go um, to some doctors that's, you know, some in New York, some in Chicago, so there was travel involved. And then Jacob came home and out 
also had uh, cancer and cancer surgery. And that was the winter. And then in April, my dad had major back surgery. So I, my mom and sister, the three of us, Johanna had to do all that at Columbia. So that was a lot. And I remember I had this, I had a little, I just made myself a little bag that I would throw snacks, in, you know, snacks in. Cause sometimes you're, you know, all of a sudden you're like, why am I woozy? Oh, I hadn't eaten today. Oh, that's right. So I'm um, at a right. hospital or something. So I packed a little bag of snacks and I remember I had a catalog and I just ordered, you know, a couple of things to come for spring, kind of corporate looking things for me to wear. And I, cause this was now my job. And so yes. I just took it as a job and um, it changed dramatically when I was so down about myself and the situation. And I said, okay, Lord, what do you have for us today? I need some sort of a gold nugget because I just can't do this. Like, I, I just can't. And I remember one of the times I texted all my, my friends and um, community is really big. And in those really dark times, sometimes somebody, the Lord will put it on their heart to pray for you or to mm -hmm. talk to you. And it might not be a friend that even knows you that well, but um, it's just, and so if someone does that for you, put someone on your heart and you go, oh, I don't really know her that well. I don't know if I should reach out. You should definitely reach out. God uses that in your life and uses it in the person's life that, that's going through it. So anyway, I texted everybody. Can we just pray that Jenna doesn't throw up today? Like I thought, okay, I'm going to get real. I'm going to get specific this way. That would be great. We'll just deal with that. Like today, we just don't throw up. And then she did. So <laughs> I was like, okay, right. great. But I will say in that day, was the day that Jenna shared her faith with one of the doctors because he got to know us and felt so terrible about how the numbers and, and how things were going that she just shared, you know, the gospel with him so beautifully and so heartfelt that I was like, oh, okay, so maybe this isn't about me and this isn't about comfort and how we feel or don't feel, you know, maybe this is bigger than us. And I think when I started to look at it like that, um, it changed everything. And it also changed like now, when I look back at the whole thing, it really was a privilege that God allowed us to have this story and that God allowed us to walk through it. And um, I think knowing that the only thing I ever did was turn to him with when I give up on me and I can't do it, then I always just turn to him. So I think that's, that is really the beauty in the whole story. It's really not about us at all. Hmm. I think that's really really cool and it's just so interesting to hear it from you know your perspective because I think we had to grapple with things in a similar way and an incredibly different way and I actually remember someone saying something similar to that while we were going through it that like you know that they're you know our family that God must have these big things because you know there's so much terrible going on and we were just like um thank you <laughs> like <laughs> like that is not that is not the thing to say but like at the same time like I think oh yeah there's yeah. no like I don't some I don't look back and say oh wow you know it's so wonderful that any of these things happen no I know I'll never say that because I I think that you could have had an amazing testimony and story without it I do I mean why did we need to have to go through that I mean I'm I, I would yeah. prefer not to I mean by all means but you don't get the choice you just don't so you yeah. have to get over it, under it, or go through it. And he does bring you through it if you, you know, surrender all your ideas about it. But I had a lot of good ideas, just, just throwing it out there. You did. You like to, um, <laughs> you like to, you know, what is that? Like 
hey god here's this really great idea i have i don't know i don't know if it's your idea i don't know if you <laughs> you know but you do have some really good ones i'll definitely give you that um and i think that you sort of just, just answered open. this yeah yeah sometimes yeah. the doors would just open and sometimes they would close tight and you're like okay then that's not the door I think that's like a beauty about the relationship with God. You know, it's, we don't have to be scared to go to him and, and to ask for things and to say, Hey God, like, is this my idea? Or is this your idea? Mm. I think it's so nice that we have a father who will open and close doors and wants to hear our ideas. So I think from, from that standpoint, it's, that's really cool. Yeah, it's really, really neat. And I think So you were sort of just answering this, but I wondered if you had even more insight, um, because I think the main question that I get asked is how, how did your mother get through it? How was she able to wake up each day and go to another doctor? You know, how was she not able, like, how did she not lose it? I was laughing when you did the the beginning uh, bio, because uh, sometimes people will say, oh, your mother, oh, what, you know, with this like scared look. And I'm standing right next to you <laughs> at a book signing or something like that. So that, that's really kind of funny. But then, then they look at me and then they don't know what to say. And yeah. I'm like, I'm like, oh, if you want to ask her that question, she's right here. And then they like, just stare at look me. at you with horror. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I guess there's a couple twofold. There's some things that, yes, um, there's just really hard times and you feel, you feel all of it. I mean, you feel, you feel the anger, you feel the pain, you feel the everything. And, um, for me, like, thank goodness. Now that I look back, like I didn't air all of those feelings like on Instagram or something because it's just would have been too much, (laughs) too much of me. So I do love to journal and I do write like all that Mm. down and just give it to the Lord. And, um, like I said, once again, a big plug for community, because when you're in a, a Bible study group or a prayer group where you meet every week, there's times where you can sit down and cry and they can cry with you and it can be ugly or it's certainly in your own time with the Lord. Um, you know, I like to stick on my um, headphones and go walk up the street. And I remember walking up one day, um, like the hill is really hurts your legs. Like it, you could feel it as you're going. And mm-hmm. I purposely wanted to go that way because I just like the physical pain of it. Like I felt the emotional pain. And so physically it was like, I needed to feel that pain. And as I'm um, just praying to the Lord, I'm like, what is this? And it was anger. I'm like, anger. Okay. And then I look up anger on my phone and it's like bitterness, grief. I'm like, yes. Like I had grief of like who Jenna was before. I'm not going to lie as the mom. It was very, it's really, really hard. Jenna's not who she was. I loved who she was. I love who she is now too. But there was a, you know, a whole process of things. So when it is your child, it's, it's, it hurts, it hurts. It just does. So I would never diminish any of that. And so what do you do with that? Um, I just have to, you have to give it to the Lord and go, okay, it's, a, it's, it's not okay, but it, it's okay. It's not about me. And just, okay, God, you're God. So show me, show up and show off and show me. Cause I would pray and I would say, okay, today I, I please, dear God, I just need like a gold nugget. Like I need something. I can't, I can't. And every time, like something, not what I wanted necessarily, like, you know, full healing or, or, or great report from a doctor or something, but something else would happen. So one of the fun examples was um, Jacob, when he was on the couch, we watched a lot of Seinfeld 
And mm -hmm. when we were down in Florida during this time period, 2.15, Chuck and I went had gone out with a business function and the kids were went out to dinner separately. And who was at the restaurant but Jerry Seinfeld. So, oh and so Jacob got to meet him and they took their picture with him and everything. And it was just like a little fun thing going, I got this. I love you. I care about you. This is like a fun thing. But you know what? The hard stuff, I hear you. I love you. But right now you got to go through it. And in my, so when my private time with the Lord, he would give me things like Israelites. I kept getting the Israelites. So I'm like, okay. So I'm reading about the Israelites in Exodus. And um, in Exodus 16, it says, it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And I was like, okay, so what did they do? They, came, they were slaves that came out of the land of Egypt. So what was the things that God was upset with them about that they were complaining? Oh, I was complaining. Um, they wanted to go back. Oh, I really wanted to go back. And um, they needed to just trust the Lord to get through that wilderness to get to the promised land. And I was like, okay, this is why you're giving me the Israelites because I kind of fit all these categories here. So it was, I just felt like we were in a waiting period and we just had to go through it. And I, I didn't know what the end was going to look like, but it couldn't look like this because it was just too bad. Like she couldn't get through a day and it was just too hard. So um, yeah, I guess just each day, day by day and worship music really helps because that cleanses your mind of, of, of a lot and really focuses on the greatness and goodness of God over mm -hmm. whatever you're going through. Wow. I love that picture of the Israelites and you walking through your own wilderness. I, you know, can just see you walking up that hill and the physical pain of it, you know, but also just the pain that Jenna's going through and, and everything with Jacob. I love that God gave you little sweet nuggets during that time, like getting to meet Jerry Seinfeld. And I can imagine that encouraged you not to give up, but how were you able to wake up, you know, each day and say, I'm going to keep going. I'm not going to give up. How did you hear God's voice on what to do next? So, um, similar to that, I would pray, read my Bible, ask the Lord, you know, kind of, kind of immerse myself in, you know, worship music and any podcasts or things to, to help. And he would just give me little gold nuggets. And, um, like even Joseph too, Joseph was, mm -hmm. was a big one because when Joseph, he didn't really do anything wrong. Like that was another thing. It's not like either of the kids did anything wrong to have this happen. Do you know what I mean? Not that that would have made it any better, but, um, Joseph, you know, he got thrown in, those of you who remember the story, he mm -hmm. got, you know, thrown into a cistern and then he was sold as a slave. Um, but through that time with his obedience and his reliance on God, he got through that and he became the king that then helped his family. So um, I just like different people like that in the Bible, their, their story is triumphant in the end. So you forget how hard it, the, the details mm -hmm. of it all are. You know yeah. what I mean? How hard the stories, these stories really are and how real right. and how powerful God shows up. So I think, um, yeah, I just continued to press into that. And I think I'd have to say community again, too. If I'm going to be honest, I'm sitting here. I was just numb. Like I didn't feel anything. <laughs> so we were singing oceans and I'm like, nah, okay, let me tell you, that ocean song is amazing and powerful. But when you are out on the, what's nice to sing about it, Oh, you know, out on the water. But when you're truly out on the water, it's not nearly as great as when you're back sitting in church singing about it. So mm -hmm. anyway, um, a friend of mine had done a she was obedient to do this prayer group that no one showed up to except for her and I and one other person. And I got there one day and I was just I don't know. I just went, it was like I was just absolutely numb. 
And the song they put on that I had never heard before called a Lazarus song. Um, it's called you came and it was just about, it's about Lazarus and how um, God shows up. And it was just so beautiful. Um, I have some of the words here. You stood outside my grave with tears still on your face. I heard you say my name. My night was turned to day. You came. I knew that you would come. My heart sank. It woke up. I am not afraid. I see your face. I am alive. You came. And it just, I don't know, it just lifted then. And I just felt like, okay, so just like Lazarus, I'm sure when Lazarus was dead and pronounced dead, um, you know, his family, why are you coming now, Jesus? You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. look at how he raised him from the dead. So I just got, you know what? This is going to be whatever God wants to happen. And he's going to show up. And it, I just have to give up all my, my ideas of it. I, I came to the end of me figuring it out. And that's when it just lifted. Because I think it's so easy to sit in, like I say, your own ideas and your own thoughts. And how do you not become bitter? Well, I guess I didn't become bitter because I had to realize it's just not about me. It's just not. And what we want for our children and what we want to happen, it's, it's, that just might not be the path that it goes down. And, that, that, and it's actually freeing and beautiful and your life could be so much better. I guess back to the Israelites, like the promised land was the, was the most amazing thing ever, land filled with milk and honey that they didn't even get to get to. You know what I mean? So um, we don't know what we even, what God even has in store for us if we would just get over ourselves and give it the situation to him. And I'm not saying I did that all the time, believe me. Don't sit, I will not sit here and say, wow, I did it all right. I definitely didn't, but those are just nuggets in the journey that definitely stand out to me. And I think what's really cool about witnessing even your story, you know, of being our mom in this time in the day to day was just how human it was, <laughs> you know, cause there were absolutely times that we, you know, just had our human emotions, but it was that, that, okay, well, what are we going to do with that? Well, I guess we're going back to the Lord on it you know, and, and just kind of continually turning that back to him. And so I feel like it's been such a privilege to watch you do that and watch you be, you know, the strength of our, of our family in that way. And, I, and, and our, you know, my dad, your husband, and I said, my dad, it just seemed like maybe we weren't together, but we're all together. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think that like dad also, you know, had to go on his own journey and path and, um, you know, he's absolutely a man of faith and everything. And this even, you know, transformed all of us into a um, further and deeper path with the Lord, because I think it had to, you know, and so well, a little, it's a little note on the boys. The boys don't usually sit here and do podcasts like this, right? But they have their <laughs> own story. So I took um, pictures and my journal entries of Jacob's journey, and I made it into a like right, like an old school scrapbook and handed it to him and said, here, you can do whatever you want with it. But someday I know God's going to ask you to share because for him, when just, just, it's just like a mom thing. That's why I'll share this part is that um, when he was diagnosed and then when he would go for scans and things and things were hard, it was terrible. 
And he would just look at me like, looking at me like, don't you dare get emotional to cry about this. Cause he would just look <laughs> at me like, like, what's wrong with you? Like, don't, you mean? So I, I couldn't, I absolutely couldn't even like shed a tear. I just went, okay, great. You know, and we just didn't even <laughs> go there because he's looking at me. Cause I know, I mean, and I just have a relationship with him that if I would have cried, it would have been so, so, so bad. Like it just wouldn't, I couldn't, I just couldn't. So um, yeah, we just went through so much together. And so when he got married, um, the dance that we did, you know, when I danced with him, it was just so special because um, one of it, the song was, I don't want to miss a thing. And mm. um, it's kind of a, doesn't make sense, but it made sense to us because like that, that song came out when he was little and I just never wanted to miss any moment with them. And so um, I don't know, I just always put 150% into to them. And so this was just really, really, it was really hard, but Jacob's so funny. He'd look at me like, no, like don't even. So I didn't have the option of being an emotional mother, like on my sleeve like that. Yeah, no, that's true. And I will say that what I think was really unique about, you know, especially 2015 when we were, when Jacob and I were both home. Right. Um, But even all those years that it was just the two of us, we actually had a ton of fun. Like, it was terrible. And the doctors were saying, like, insurmountably horrible things. But, like, I don't know. We still found ways to laugh. And, like, I feel like you you just wouldn't know what to do. And so you would just, I don't know, you would just have fun, which I think is really a testimony of, of even just your personality and, and just the, the fun that you are. Thanks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> But, but that is an, an important thing. You know, you had your community, Darlene, these people that were able to come around you. And it sounds like you created a community of joy and laughter um, in the home, even when you were going through these really challenging things. And God calls us to laugh together, to cry together. And what a blessing that you were able to bring laughter into such a really hard situation. Another verse I always love is the joy of the Lord is your strength and not mm. joy as in like great ha ha ha, but in, right. um, you know, finding your purpose in him. And that really does give you joy. And I guess, you know, I don't know, fun is just really kind of my thing. So yeah. <laughs> I fight for fun. <laughs> so. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, we talked about ways that community was awesome, but I also was wondering if you had any encouragement or things to be taken from the fact that there were times that, um, yeah, we were kind of hurt by the community. I mean, um, you know, the accident that, you know, whether it's just like comments or things, but also, um, you know, the accident that happened to me was, you know, done by someone who was a Christian and at a Christian institution and we had Christians all around us. And so there was so much, pain and there was so much you know um like the forgiveness process like all of that just seemed so out of our control but it was all all in the christian community um and so i know that yes yeah we had to kind of grapple um i'm not even sure um i don't think that god's done with that yet so we'll see where that all goes um but i do think that really at the end of the day it's really just you and the Lord. So when you're feeling empty uh, in your relationships with whether it's your, your husband or, or what's going on in your life or whatever, um, you really have to fill it up with the Lord and, mm-hmm. and not 
um, not yourself, because people let you down all the time. And that's, and I couldn't handle any more pain. Do you know what I mean? It was just too hard. So um, I couldn't, I couldn't handle that type of a thing. So I will say um, community picked up for me. Um, I had a great small group at the time that really helped out with Kara so that she could, you know, if I had to go for a whole day here or day there. So that, that was really great. And um, one of the things that helped was I started a grateful journal. So I started mm-hmm. a journal and I wouldn't let myself write anything in it except something that I was thankful for or grateful for. So, because I had to change my mindset because yeah. my mindset was just getting too, and it was winter and it was just getting too dark and too hard. You know what I mean? It was, yeah. winter, it was winter for about five years. It was just bad. So, yeah. and then, um, yeah. And then one of the things I guess, which was, we started Jay Schottmeyer. I mean, Jacob was on the couch mm. and said, um, you know, Jenna was painting. I know many of you know the story and Jacob said, Oh, why don't we put it on a, um, why don't we put it on a shirt or on a dress? And um, we did. And then we just launched a bunch of different things. So I was head of operations and launching and ideas. I have a lot of really fun ideas. So <laughs> I love polo. So we went to a polo, we would go to polo matches and we would drag all of our different, you know, horse things. I, I rode horses when I was a, a child. And so I have all sorts of equestrian things and we set a big tent at a steeplechase race. And so that, I mean, we had a huge launch at Boy Cafe in Hoboken. So we had to drag all our stuff to Hoboken. And, um, you know, it, it was just a lot of fun and, and busyness in that time. But that that really helped us. It gave us a purpose, a purpose to help others because we knew we weren't the only ones who were really struggling. So that was kind of the whole purpose of Jay Schottmeyer was to, um, to kind of give back to others. And so we did give back to a bunch of different things at the time. Yeah, yeah. And to just be able to, to share what we were going through even while we were going through it, which was really cool. Yeah. I think when you're going through something that hard, there are two paths that, you know, I, I think that I would probably, you know, think about taking, you know, when things get really tough, you can get really bitter or you can submit to God and learn more about him. What is one thing that you learned about God through these trials? Um, I would say that he's so much bigger than we are and like, it's, it's incredible. So um, one of the things that I got from the Lord, we had kind of exhausted all doctors and all, you know, different therapies and things that would, you know, it, it would sound great. And the doctor would, you know, we'd go to it and it would, she, everything looked so positive and so helpful. And then the tests would come back or she'd try it and it just didn't work for her. So um, one of the things was, I, when, like I said, in my prayer time, I just got Naaman and I'm like, Naaman, what in the world? So I read through Naaman, um, which is in second Kings, if anybody cares to read the story. Mm -hmm. Um, and so Naaman had leprosy and he came and, um, Elisha told him to go wash in the rivers and he didn't know why he had to go to the one river versus the other. And he, um, didn't, want to do it and then he did and he was healed and so mm-hmm. we found it uh scouring the interest so that's what i used to do too it's just like i couldn't sleep at night a lot of nights so i took jenna's mri and every single thing exonal injury what does exonal mean what does this mean what does that mean and and through that process um a book came up and it said uh, it was clark elliott um how a concussion stole my life and how i got it back i'm like ah! That's us, clicked on it, got it, read it. And this group out in Chicago 
um, you know, claimed that they had helped this Clark Elliott, who was very similar to Jenna because he had had a car accident. And so, which always was, as the, once again, back to the mom, she did not have a car accident. Someone right. put something, you know what I mean? Like, anyway, so. Um, yeah, like for so, reference, the one of the doctors gave us an example of someone right. who was just like me. But her mm-hmm. story was that she flipped over three times in a car. And we were like, what? And <laughs> like, I'd be like, so the, the injury is as bad as that? Like, that makes a difference. Do you know what I mean? So anyway. So um, I didn't want to go to Chicago. And I'm like, well, I guess that's why I'm like, because I don't want to go to Chicago, but I guess I should go because, you know, and so we went and those doctors did help her in certain things that they had. And they just, they listened, they verified her story. They had, they had a nutrition piece to it. I mean, it was really great. And um, it did help to a certain degree, you know, not, not, not totally, but it did give her a little relief. So that was great. And then we wound up going to um, Borough Park, Brooklyn, because this one one doctor um, went to Brooklyn. So long story short, when Jenna was healed, we went back to Brooklyn. Doctor said, you know, you have your daughter back. We were thrilled. And then we went with one of the women that does all the testing for your eyes. And we had never been able to do any of the testing. So we go across Mm -hmm. the street, we go down to the basement, we do all the testing. And as I'm sitting there, she goes, well, what did you do? I said, well, we prayed. So she said, well, you know that we're, we are people of faith. And I said, yes. And um, I believe that they were of Jewish descent. And so I said, yes, well, we are also people of uh, you know, faith. And then I get this thing to tell her about Naaman. And I'm thinking, well, that's a little strange. So I tell her about <laughs> Naaman. <laughs> okay, fine. So I tell her the whole story. And with tears in her eyes, she says to me, I had the same thing. My son had fallen off a wall. And she said, I didn't know what to do. I scoured the internet. I found the book. I went out to Chicago. And since she runs an optician store, she got the doctor to come by them. So that's how that worked out. Okay, great. We go on our way. I don't have any idea. And then I'm reading like a year later in my Bible in Luke in the commentary. So why were the Jewish people upset that Naaman was healed? I never thought about it before. And in my commentary, it said because he was a Gentile, he was not Jewish, mm. and God decided to heal him. And I was like, oh, wow. So I just sat and told this woman basically that Jenna was healed. <laughs> and it's the same God and the same strength and the same miraculous power. I did not know any of that. And I was just in awe of back to the question, like, how, what did you learn about God? I learned that I'm blown away that God's got it. God's got it. And it's a mm-hmm. much bigger plan than us. And if we surrender to him and allow him to do it, and it's an incredible journey with him. And Yeah. I think I, you know, forget bits and pieces of, of the story and um, you know, they really welcomed us into their very closed community, you know, their very closed Jewish community. And then I was healed by God and we actually, you know, had even prayed with them once because we were all sort of desperate we were all sort of filled with faith in god and then i was healed so um i was just going to share a little bit about that too for our listeners if you're not familiar with my story five years after the accident i was at church it was at our women's conference and i do get into this a little bit in more detail in the book and god completely miraculously healed me you know i went to the retreat the night before and I was throwing up in the parking lot because of all the lights and the noises and everything would just trigger me so much in my vestibular system that I would throw up. And then, um, you know, the next day I went to the conference and God completely healed me. Um, I walked out of there healed and I went back to my doctors and they said it was a miracle. And this is that, 
you know, community that my mom and I, or my mom was just talking about. And so I do have a question going off of being healed, you know, so we were in the wilderness for sure on this windy path of doctor after doctor that did not heal me. And so I was wondering now how you view all of the relentless late night Googling now that I was healed by God, which was the plan, so to speak, all along. And what I mean by the plan is that as soon as the accident happened, we knew that God could heal me. And instead of healing me, then we went on this long path. But yeah, now that I'm healed, you know, how do you view that all of that effort that you personally put in of all the Googling and all the just relentlessness? Um, I would probably do it all again. I mean, um, I guess it's, it's very interesting when you, you know, you look back at the whole thing, but on the day that you were healed, um, that program, they would, they, the kids, Jenna and Jacob did the Jay Schottmeyer did the journals. And I think we had t-shirts or something that we would, they kids were selling. And yeah, I was at told, the conference. yes, at the conference. So I was, I had been told by, um, actually my aunt, um, who's Michelle stress mother. Okay. So those of you who oh, have wow. Michelle stress on the podcast. Okay. That's yes. my aunt. So she's oh. incredible. So she had told me that there's something in the authority of your household and to have Chuck pray for, um, you know, Jenna and that that was really important. So before this happened, I just knew Jenna needed to be there and I knew Jacob needed to be there because for some reason this whole story had him in it. And, um, so afterwards, after the meeting, a friend of mine came up to me and she said, Oh, I really feel like we should go pray for Jenna. Let's get a couple people and go into a private room. Now we had done this so many times. I mean, to be honest, so and, many and I wasn't feeling anything special to tell you the truth. I was like, all right, whatever, you know, I'm not, I, but I guess I just, I just always believed that it could, or he could happen, you know, and we needed it to happen. So, um, Anyway, so that's, so we went up into this, into this room and Jacob, I said, Jacob, you have to come. And then Chuck was picking her up. So he was there as well. And so I do think that there's something to that. I don't know how it works in the heavenlies and I don't know, but I do think that there is something in the family unit and there's power in that and God, that's, it's God's design. So um, I think it's just very powerful. And so what happened when you went into that room and Chuck prayed? Well, he prayed and several other people did, about four or five other people. And then we walked out of there and um, just there were a couple things that were specific things that people said, you know what, that they had prayed over over her specifically that hadn't been prayed before. And I just, I don't know, I just think that's just when it was meant to be. I think it's almost like back to the Lazarus song, like he came. When you least expect it, he, he comes, he, he's there. That was his timing, not not mine. And I can imagine, Jenna, I remember reading in your book that you knew you were healed. What was that like for you, Darlene? Did you know it immediately in that moment or was it having to go to the doctors and see the scans? That night, my father-in-law was being honored at an event. So we had to race out of there, throw on like, you know, dresses and get to an event. And when we walked in, um, Jenna there was a guy who comes up to Jenna. Why? It was the craziest thing. He comes walking up to her and he, he says, hello. We knew him. And he said, oh, he said, you know, you go here. And Jenna said, yes. Um, it was at her college. And she said, yes. And he said, oh, you're not an accounting major, are you? And <laughs> she goes, no, I'm not. And so he's like, oh, too bad, because I would have offered you a job right here. 
Now, I don't even know why. It was so strange. And he walks away and Jenna looks at me and she goes, pretty good. I didn't even burst into tears. Goes, that was good. And so then when we, so then when, when she went, when she got up to introduce my father-in-law, her whole countenance had changed. And she was just, a, it, I can't explain it. And she did such a great job. She's always been a good public speaker, but she did an amazing job. And then she came and she sat down and I was like, okay. Like I just knew, like I knew she was healed. We all did, but we didn't really say anything. And then they had music and dancing and things. And she, we stayed the whole time. We thought for sure she was going to introduce him and have to go home after we'd been at this retreat and all these things. And she stayed the whole time. And so then in the morning, um, I just knew that, okay, you have to walk in it, believe it and walk in it. And then we had gotten several, one of my really good friends called me that Monday morning and she, she, had, she had not been at the retreat. And she said, Darlene, I don't want you to get upset with me, but I just want you to tell you that I've been released from praying for Jenna. She's like, so I just want you to know I will pray for her, but I'm not going to pray with her the way I have been. And I go, no, no, no. I said, she's been healed. And she's like, really? I said, yes. And we had several other confirmations like that, that we're like, she's healed. We're walking in it. That's it. And so um, I guess when we went to the doctors, uh, the doctors in Brooklyn and the scans and things, I thought that they were going to say, I thought they were going to see a difference. But I didn't know it was going to be absolute complete. What was that like in that moment? Like when you did see the absolute, like complete scans when you, when you did see that? I don't think that we even could talk. Do you know what I mean? Right. So we, we just sat there and she said, well, you've got your daughter back. And Chuck and I were like, we got our daughter. Like we, it was, we were shocked. Like, I don't even know. We didn't even, we couldn't believe it. We, we believed it, but I mean, um, yeah. And she didn't want to see another appointment. She's like, I don't need to see her anymore. And we're like, really? And it was just incredible. <laughs> and for the record, I mean, the last time that we had seen her, you know, I would, I would go to doctors. They would be so excited to help me. And then there would just be this level of discouragement. And we kind of cycled through this with all of the doctors. And the, the time we came last time, she was just discouraged. She just felt like, you know, yeah. there was going to have to be something beyond her that was going to have to break off before, you know, what she does could really make that difference. And, um, yeah, so I like, yeah, I mean, I have a completely... I mean, it's, it's very similar, but it's just my take and that's all in the book. So I'm not going to add to it. <laughs> yeah, it was incredible. Wow. And I really think it's encouraging that you guys decided to walk in it. I feel like I hear that a lot. Um, I had, you know, not to the level of Jenna's healing, um, but I had a lot of pain in my knee and I'm a big runner. I've played tennis my whole life and it was so bad that I could barely walk down the sidewalk without limping. And my friend, um, Caroline played, prayed for full and complete healing, um, for my knee in Jesus name. And I felt, I mean, honestly, it felt like fire from the Holy spirit. Like my knee felt hot. And from that second on, I felt like I, w I was completely healed. I don't know how God did it, if he just like restored all of the cartilage. But I knew in that moment that I had received like full and complete healing. And I remember we were in the car and she was like, okay, now you have to believe it and you, you have to walk, you know, and act like God has healed you. And I think that there there's a piece to that in I, I think it's beautiful that you knew in that moment that God had completely healed Jenna and that you decided to walk in it even before getting the confirmation from the doctors. I think that's such a beautiful testimony of faith. Yeah. And that's what I would say though, but to get 
to that point, um, there's, there's small steps in your walk with the Lord, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. To get to even, to get to that. So, um, that's what I would say is to, you know, get in community, find a good Bible study. And I remember I was in a prayer group, mom's prayer group and they have moms in touch like most, most schools do and, and places have them around our area. So you can find one of those. It's like moms in touch international. You can look it up online. Um, which is just a great way to meet other, other praying moms. And there would be ones in that group that I would listen to them and I'd be like, Oh, wow. I don't pray like that. Wow. I need to get to know her. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So so to try to be specific in your relationships so that there's places where you're pouring out and then there's places where people are pouring into you. But honestly, at the end of the day, and I guess that's what, um, you know, I, I always relate it back to, you know, it's just you and God, you know, if you're in a hospital room, and, you know, everyone leaves you and it's just you and him and that's all you got. So make sure when that happens, you know who he is and you know who he is in your life because that's going to make all the difference. Well, mom, I just thought that was awesome. Thank you so much, you know, for sharing today and for, um, you know, just coming on the podcast. And I loved hearing your side of the story and, and everything. It was just awesome. Amy, do you have any other final questions or thoughts? Yeah, I guess as a mother myself, what's the best advice that you can give to a mom with young children? And what would you go back and tell yourself? Well, I don't think I ever really sweat the small stuff. So I would tell myself that I did a good job. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because I'm the kind of person, like, if you make an appointment to come and see me, like for coffee or whatever, I'll have things straightened up and it will look great. But if you just pop in, you can just pop in and we'll still have that same cup of coffee, but it might not look that great. So if it bothers you, <laughs> then let me know. If it doesn't bother you, just pop in. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, yeah. did, I remember when Jenna was little and, and like I needed to get things done, you know, and mm. she's like, oh, just watch Mary Poppins with me. And I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> and then I'm looking at her and I'm like, you know what? She's not always going to be like on this cute little couch watching Mary Poppins. So we sat down and watched Mary Poppins. And um, so I would say that, you know, to enjoy, to enjoy your life, whatever that stage you're at, because each season is there for a reason and, um, just enjoy it. Like wake up. And if you don't, because there's big stuff and I get it, then you just give those to the Lord and go, okay, you've got it. Like he loves you. So he knows that it hurts. He knows Mm -hmm. that you're whatever it is, you're embarrassed or you're, or if you have, you know, whatever, a problem with jealousy, like say, I know I have a problem with jealousy. Please hold me with this. I don't want to feel this way. And he will. And sometimes you have to then give that up and, or mm. change your behavior or whatever it is. And he will convict you of that and, you know, get yourself in the word. And um, it's just, it'll change your life. It really will. And that's how you're going to find happiness. Mm. Yeah, that's so good. I was like tearing up as you were saying that. <clears throat> yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, it's really and I- encouraging. I'm good at the pep talks, but I'm not so good at giving them to me. So sometimes I say to myself, (laughs) what would you tell you? And I say, well, I would say. (laughs) It's harder when you have to pep talk yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I know at at my wedding, actually, um, in 2020, you know, if we had a song, the two of us, you know, they have like father-daughter songs. And I had a really sweet one with my dad. But if they did mother-daughter songs... It would have been Celine Dion, The Way You Loved Me, because you were my strength when I was weak, and you were literally my voice when I couldn't speak, and you were, like, all of those things to me. And and you said, um, you know, and what do you – 
and, she, and you said something to the effect of, and what do I want you to do with all that? I want you to go off and be happy and live your life and like, you know, with Jesus and give that back to others. And it was just such an emotional moment. And it was such that strength that I know comes from the Lord, because I know that I know that, you know, you can't, you can't find that strength and you can't find that um, openness and love, you know, in such a pure way without the Lord, or at least I know I can't. Um, And so mom, thank you so much for being here and please share with us, you know, ways that, that um, our listeners could keep up with you. So whether that's Instagram or website or whatever you want to share. Okay. Well, um, Jay Schottmeyer, there's an Instagram and there's of course, um, the website. So you can keep up with that. I'm always behind the scenes helping in any way that I can. And I come to most of the book signings if I can. And, um, you can pray for us because I don't know where, where God is leading us or taking us, but we're, um, willing to, you know, wherever he wants it, this is, you know, we don't need to talk about this again. Great. But if he wants us to, whatever (laughs) he wants us to share is great. And, um, my Instagram is NJ Darlene, and I had such a great time being with you. And I just wanted to give just a final plug, I guess, for womanhood slash motherhood, because I feel like it just gets a bad rap these days. And it really is such a beautiful um, honor to be a mother and a woman, because um, whether you have your own children or whether you are involved with other people's or just women friendships and relationships in general, um, you know, it's just a beautiful thing. And we're really a tapestry of, of, of all of this together. So, um, I love this podcast. I love what you girls are doing. And, um, I love it that it's called spark because it's just, you know, shiny and, and, and can pass that spark on to others. So look for other women that are hurting and share, share your light to them. And, um, thank you so much for letting me on. And thank you so much for coming. It's awesome. Yeah, thank you. We're so grateful. And this has been such an encouraging conversation. We're so grateful to have had you here. Thank you so much. And I just want to share a verse to close us out today. Isaiah 43, 1 and 2. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name, and you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. Thank you guys so much for listening today and we will see you back next time. Awesome.